Some challenges are of a very, very minimal effect in the sense that at the most it will affect a person's dunya. In itself it might seem sometimes very major and being insan, being weak, many of these things are difficult on insan. But in reality these are very small challenges compared to those challenges that affect a person's akhirah. So, all kinds of challenges, from time to time people are faced with, somebody is faced with a challenge of some financial issue, somebody some illness, somebody something else of that nature, but most severe than this, far more severe than this. If somebody is faced with a challenge that he just can't make his Fajr Salah. That is where the tragedy is that that is often or rather not often but many times not even regarded as any challenge. Person slept through his Fajr Salah and woke up and ate the risk of Allah Ta'ala and carried on with life like nothing happened. Whereas that is a far greater calamity then the person who tried to wake up in the morning but found he's paralyzed, Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. That is also a major thing, Allah Ta'ala save us from that. But that person, as much as we regard this as a major challenge, the person now suddenly opened his eyes, he can't move, he can't lift his hands, he can't move his legs, he can't raise a finger. And Allah forbid Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us, he realized suddenly he's paralyzed. This will get everybody in motion and it needs something to ask for afiyat for, something to ask for protection from Allah Ta'ala. But a bigger calamity than that is a person went through his Fajr Salah without waking up, without performing his Fajr Salah. And on top of that he woke up and then ate the risk of Allah Ta'ala and thought nothing about it. That is a challenge, major challenge. Challenge is that a person after having eaten the risk of Allah Ta'ala and having gained that energy and strength from that risk, now he's feeling very satisfied, very satiated, feeling very comfortable. So now he, since he is now feeling very comfortable, feeling very nice and satisfied, so as a result of this satisfaction which came through the grace and mercy of Allah Ta'ala, he now can't hold himself back from taking his phone out and looking at haram. In So to say, this is the response for the ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala that he just ate, that he just enjoyed. That's a very, very major challenge. 
That is the worst challenge when suddenly a person realizes something happened, he's blind, he can't see. If suddenly a person lost his sight, whatever happened, some incidents of this nature happened in places in the world, some kind of disaster took place and gases sort of leaked out, people lost their sight, somebody, something else happened in an instant. What a tragedy that is regarded as. A greater tragedy than that is that a person can't keep his eyes from looking at haram. A tragedy one is that a person, he has nothing, no financial means, he's down and out, his poverty is stricken. It's a challenge also. Something to ask for afiyat from, something to beg Allah Ta'ala's forgive, protection from. But a bigger challenge than that and a more severe challenge than that is that a person can't keep himself from involving himself in anything, any haram transaction. Wherever he saw another few rands of profit, regardless of no matter what ingredients of haram are in that transaction, he can't keep himself away from it. He can't keep himself from indulging in interests. That is a far, far, far greater challenge than the most severe poverty. That poverty, the poverty will affect a person's dunya. And many a times that poverty might, Allah Ta'ala save us from that poverty, but it might just become a means of him maybe even getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. But this will affect his dunya, affect his akhirat. It won't stop when life stops. This poverty will stop when life stops. In dunya, life is gone, that poverty is the end of it. But if a person got caught up in the challenge of haram transactions, indulging in interest, in deception, in fraud, in whatever other kinds of haram indulgence, that the effects of that won't stop with death. In fact, it will intensify from the time the person's eyes close. So on the one hand, these are also challenges. But these are minute challenges. Yes, we have to ask Allah's protection from all these challenges. The challenge of poverty, the challenge of illnesses, the challenge of financial difficulty, the challenge of other issues of this nature. You must ask Allah's protection from all this. But comparatively, these are very, very minute challenges. But the attention that is given to try and protect ourselves from these challenges and the amount of effort that is made to try and alleviate these challenges, that might be 101%. And the effort to keep ourselves safe from the challenges that will continue after death, from the effects the challenges whose effects will continue on the day of Qiyamah. Allah forbid the challenges whose effects can prevent a person's entry into Jannah. The challenges that can drag a person into the fire of Jahannam. The effort to keep ourselves safe from those challenges sometimes is not even 1%. So this side is 101%. And this side sometimes is a few percent or sometimes not even 1%. This is the aspect that we have to ponder over, that all these challenges that we are confronted with, the temptation to sin, to indulge in haram transactions, the temptation that drags a person towards all kinds of immorality and vice, the things that make him completely heedless of akhirat, completely unmindful of the reality of qiyamah, 
makes him completely heedless of what can be the consequences and what Allah Ta'ala has warned about all these vices and sins that a person who indulges in this, what will be the consequences of it, let alone in the akhirat, which is obviously the main thing, but even in dunya, person becomes totally heedless. Now, the issue is, what is the remedy to this heedlessness? It's all challenges. The remedy, the Qur'an Sharif from beginning to end, has dealt with this remedy, has presented this remedy. In the Qur'an Sharif, primarily there are three themes that run across the Qur'an Sharif, from beginning to end. One is the theme of the Tawheed and the oneness of Allah Ta'ala. From beginning to end. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. All praise is due to Allah Ta'ala alone. Allah alone is the creator, the sustainer, the nourisher. So everything is due to Allah Ta'ala alone. Tawheed already commences right from there. And together with Tawheed, the theme of Risalat. Ihdina Sirat al-Mustaqeem, Sirat al-Ladina an'anta alayhi. Guide us to the path of those whom you have favored. In another ayat Allah Ta'ala says that this is the path of who have been favored. Minan nabiyyin was siddiqeen was shuhadai was salihin. Top of the list the nabiyyin. Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam. The theme of risalat. And together with that is the theme of ma'ad hereafter. Tawheed, risalat, the oneness of Allah Ta'ala the messengership of Rasulullah sallallahu and this theme of akhirat that a person who has this consciousness of akhirat and this consciousness of akhirat the akhirat commences with death a person's death is the first step into the akhirat man mata faqad qamat qiyamatuhu the person who has passed away his qiyamat started so his akhirat already started so this consciousness of death a person who is conscious of death, then if this is truly settled in his heart, conscious of the day of Qiyamah, conscious of the reality of Qabr, what goes on in the Qabr, conscious of what is going to be the Hisab Kitab and the accountability of the day of Qiyamah, then this is that remedy to all this heedlessness, to all those vices, the temptations that drag a person that haram, that inability to wake up to express one's gratitude to Allah Ta'ala for allowing him another day in life. To start off that day with the Fajr Salah and coming to the Masjid and putting his head down in front of Allah Ta'ala. That ability comes also from that fikr akhirat from that consciousness of akhirat from that reality of death being in the heart of a person and that he is going to be accountable for everything. To the extent that this will permeate his heart to the extent that this will be present in his heart and mind, to the extent that he will be conscious of this like he is conscious, that he needs to go and earn a living in order to survive, to take care of his business, he must go. Like he has the consciousness that this is fire, don't put my hand close to it. Like he has the consciousness of what is the worth of money. Can't try to stop him from ever going to earn. He is very, very aware of it. And especially if there's some big customer around telling now we going for a drive to take things casually, something. He's very conscious of that. That's not something that he will ever... See, you can carry on for the drive yourself. 
So this consciousness of Akhirat, this reality of death, this is that antidote throughout the Qur'an Sharif from beginning to end Allah has given us, that a person who latches onto this, this will wake him up for Fajr Salah. This will bring him to the masjid in the cold mornings of winter and in the early mornings of summer. This is what will keep him awake before Isha, that he must not go to bed before he performs his Isha Salah with Jama'ah. This will bring him out of his business at the time of Zuhr and Asr. This will not allow anything to come between him and his Salah. This is what will keep his hand away from Haram. This is what will keep his eyes looking down. Because the Qur'an Sharif Allah has commanded Say to the believing men to lower their gazes. What will lower his gaze? He knows the ayat. He knows the ayat, he knows the meaning of the ayat. But it is the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, the consciousness of Akhirat that will lower the gaze. Otherwise, despite knowing everything, he will be still just going ahead with whatever comes in his mind and heart, heedlessly. So this heedlessness sits in, this carefree attitude of life. And whatever happens now, we say we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But by the time when we come to that bridge, we won't have any chance to do anything else but cross it. Because we'll be made to cross it. We won't have any other option. When that bridge of death comes, there's no other option. So right through, throughout the Qur'an Sharif, this is the message. And in this short surah of the Qur'an Sharif that was recited at the beginning, again is the same message. In Surah Takathur, once Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa this is a hadith narrated by Ibn Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhuma, the Bishlam asked the Sahaba, that can you not recite 1,000 ayat every night? Who can recite 1,000 ayat every night? The Sahaba said 1,000 ayat quite a substantial amount every night. Not everybody has that capacity. So Nabi Islam said, don't you have the ability to recite Surah Takasur one time at least? That one time reciting Surah Takasur is equivalent to the, word, the blessings of reciting 1000 ayat. Now every person would be very, very uh, enthusiastic to reap this reward by reciting one surah, few lines of it, and taking the reward of reciting 1,000 ayat. Now this was the means of giving this encouragement. Allah Ta'ala has blessed this so much that the recitation of this surah brings so much of reward. But by means of that, that now a person will be enthusiastic to take this reward. Now to take that reward he will recite it. But by reciting it he is hopefully going to be taking the message in it. So every night he is reminding himself of this message. That what is in this surah? So to take that benefit, he will to take 1000 ayat and such a simple amal. This is again the person who has that yaqeen of akhirat. That tomorrow on the day of qiyamah, I'll be looking for these rewards. So now with just reciting surah takasur, I can get the reward of 1000 ayat. Why should I deprive myself? So that again will come only with that yaqeen of akhirat. So in any case, this is that very great virtue and the motivation we are being given to recite it. And recite it not just in some just customary manner, just as a routine and done with it, but together with it to take the lesson and the message in it. What is the lesson and message? So in the surah Allah wa ta'ala says, Al-Haqumut Takathur. 
Alhaqum that you have been made neglectful. You have been made heedless. By what? What has made you heedless? What has made you neglectful? At-Takasum. This competition to try and amass the world. This competing with one another to try and amass this world has made you neglectful of what? Of everything. Al-Hakum At-Takasum. And this continues, it just gets worse. If a person doesn't take the steps to remedy it, it just gets worse all the time. Until when? Until you visit the graves. Now, literally translated this is, until you visit the graves. The Mufassirin explained what it means is, Until suddenly death comes. But now when death comes, there is no chance to now undo this. Death has already come. Now it's too late. So this heedlessness, this carries on until when? Allah forbid if a person didn't take steps to remedy it until death. So what is the message in it? That the person who is conscious of his death, that death could come any moment, and he remains conscious of it, that he won't get caught up in this heedlessness. He won't get caught up in this ghaflat. He won't say, well, life is carrying on fine, just enjoy life. Let, let everything carry on. Why deprive ourselves? Everybody else is enjoying it, doing whatever they want. So let us do whatever we want also. So everybody is caught up in something, everybody is going some direction, everybody is watching how some people are kicking one piece of leather around. So why must get left out also? So we also must carry on in that. And we also must get caught up in that same ghaflat that we lost and we won. In the end of the day, nobody lost. Who won and who lost, we got nothing. Those who won and lost don't even know we exist. But people are crying over who lost and who won. But this is that same ghaflat, that whole world gets caught up in the ghaflat. And now this heedlessness comes in, that fikri akhirat is not there, that consciousness of death is gone, that this death is so imminent it could come any time. So as a result, so many commands of Allah Ta'ala, a person just puts it behind him. Even if he is aware of it, he puts it behind him. We will see about this later. Now for example, the same ghaflat that overcomes people. So now there are so many things. For example, in one hadith, Nabi Islam says, لَا تَنْزُرُوا إِلَىٰ فَخِذِ حَيِّنْ وَلَا مَيِّتٍ That don't look at the tie of a person living or dead. Whether he is alive, whether he is dead, this is satar. But now this, how can we now avoid this? You can carry on in life. Is what was going on. Then, who's being praised and who's being cheered along? People who, number one, with kufr in their hearts, majority, and then people whose lives are centered around all the vices and sins. Immorality is the norm. And now such people are being cheered and admired, and then they become more admired than Allah forbid. Some people don't even know so many sahaba like they know these so-called stars. They don't even know the names of maybe a handful of Sahaba. Many, many years ago, maybe this might have been 25, 30 years ago, once something was happening in tennis, so one youngster just asked him that who's number one on this tennis rankings? He gave the name number two, number three, number five, number up to ten. And he rattled it off about 12 years old or something. 
without any hesitation and difficult names. They asked him, how many daughters did Nabi Sallallahu have? Wrong answer. And then, okay, what their names were? That we knew the name of only one. He knows the name of ten people who are, got no iman in their hearts, who are of no benefit to us in any way, who didn't do anything for us. All they did is got us involved in ghaflat also. But we know their names, we know so much about them. We have that admiration for them. We don't know the names of the daughters of Rasulullah That household and that family who undertook that kind of hardship so that deen could come to us, which we can't imagine. That poverty that they suffered because of being in support of Rasulullah that they too had to suffer that starvation and hunger. They too had to be in Shaiba Abi Talib together with Rasulullah and spend that three years in that state of boycott where they suffered extreme conditions. But we don't know who they were. We don't know their names also. We don't have any idea about them. But we know a lot about these people who have done nothing for us, who have only involved us in ghaflat. So where does this come from? This ghaflat comes from Al-Hakumut Takathur Hatta Zurtumul Maqabir. It comes from this forgetting the Akhirat. That this Akhirat becomes a distant thing. And it's like, well, okay, it'll come someday, but not now. I still got at least another 25-30 years. My great-grandfather went and when he was about 90. If I don't go at 90, it won't be before 80. So already now I can already appease my mind that I got another 30 years minimum. So in this way, shaitan keeps us in that ghaflat. Allah Ta'ala is wanting to take us out of this ghaflat. Allah Ta'ala is giving us this remedy. Hatta zurtumul maqabir, meaning that this ghaflat will end one day with death. That's without choice. In order to end it with choice, bring alive this fikri akhirat. This fikri akhirat and this concern for the hereafter. Among the pious predecessors, great muhaddithin, fuqaha, etc., this was a constant thing. This was something which they would be so engrossed in and so conscious of that it's really amazing. One very great muhaddith, Yahya bin Ma'in rahmatullah alayhi, very, very great personality, wrote one million ahadith with his hand. Over time, transcribing the ahadith and writing the ahadith, one million ahadith. Muhaddis of a very, very high caliber. So, another Muhaddis, Muhammad ibn Fadl, rahmatullahi, he says that Yahya bin Ma'in, rahmatullahi, came to ask me about a particular hadith, which he had heard from his Ustad, now he wanted to get it directly. So he heard about the hadith from somebody else, now he wanted to come and get it from a closer source. So he says, he came to me and he asked me that certain hadith, can you mention this hadith to me, recite it to me? Very well. So he commenced reciting that hadith, Haddathana. He just commenced. Now he's still going to start taking the name of the first narrator. So Yahya bin Ma'in said to him that if you can read it out of your notebook, meaning that'll be better. It'll give me more confidence that you know you're reading it and narrating it accurately now. Because you're reading it from what you wrote. So when you heard it from your ustad, you wrote it down, so read it from your notebook. So he didn't take any offense on that too, that now, are you doubting my memory or you, what you think about me? This humility was a part and parcel of themselves. So he said, very well. So he woke up to go into his house and bring his notebook out. 
So he says, as soon as I woke up, Yahya bin Ma'in rahmatullahi held on to my kurta and he held me back. And then he said to me, look, first recite it to me from memory. First you give it to me from memory, then you go and bring your book and read it again to me. فَإِنِّي أَخْشَى Allah أَلْقَاكَ I'm concerned that by the time you go, it mustn't be that I don't meet you. Because you might pass away. If you passed away, this opportunity of gaining that hadith from you is gone forever. Possibly I might be gone. I went from dunya with taking this much of knowledge less. I had this opportunity of taking so much more knowledge and going. And getting that ajar and reward in the court of Allah Ta'ala. Now I'll be gone without this. So first give it to me from memory, then you go bring your book and come. So he first recited that hadith sharif to him from memory. Then he went into his house, brought his notebook and recited it to him again. That consciousness of death, that death is so imminent, it could come now in this small portion of time. By the time the person walks into his house and comes out, maybe he's gone, maybe I'm gone. This was the extent to which they were conscious of this akhirat. And to the extent of this consciousness of akhirat, this drove them to do what they did in terms of exerting themselves to get closer to Allah wa ta'ala. To stay far away from everything that will distance them from Allah ta'ala. To take on whatever pain came on their heart, but not to break the command of Allah ta'ala. This fikri akhirat. That tomorrow I have to wake up in front of Allah ta'ala and give an account of my deeds. I'll have to give an account of my salah. I'll have to give an account of whatever other obligations of deen are there. Of how I earned my wealth. Where I spent it. How I spent each moment of life. Every moment of life a person will be questioned about. So this is that life that we are in. Allah Ta'ala is saying that this is not just a place of just passing time. This is a place of making the akhirat. And many a times shaitan puts us in this ghaflat and deception. We get so engrossed in dunya we forget that that is coming. Imam Ghazali Rahmatullah gives an example of this. And he says the example of this is like some people were traveling on one ship and now they suddenly needed to refuel. So now this fuel was running out. So they saw an island. They said, well, okay, we'll dock on the side of that island and refuel and then we'll move on. In those days that fuel used to be by burning logs, etc. and creating that steam. They will get enough fuel and then we'll carry on. So now it's going to take some time. So the passengers decided now you want to alight. They said, fine, you can go. But remember that by certain time we're going to leave. If you back, well and good, otherwise you're going to be in problems. Now the people all came out and this island was so beautiful and so fascinating and amazing and whatever else. So some people just saw it from a distance, enjoyed it a little bit. But then before time they came here already on, on, on board. And they got the best seat again. And some people came running in the last minute. So they didn't get the best seats. But in any case they got on board. With some difficulty and discomfort they'll reach the destination. Some people so got so engrossed in that fascination on that island. And so engrossed in all the things that they saw there. They forgot about the time that this ship is to depart. Now that ship finally departed. When they suddenly realized, now when darkness fell. Now when darkness fell, they now bewildered, where do they go? How do they move from here? Now they are at a complete loss and left exposed to the elements. 
and all the wild animals that might just come out at night. See, this is exactly dunya. Dunya is this island. There are those who would just, in a halal manner, benefit from dunya, but they don't get engrossed in it. They benefit from it in a manner that Allah Ta'ala has permitted. But they all the time got their eye on the clock. Just now the ship is going to depart. That ship has already docked. That is the ship of our dead. But the difference here is that when that ship is going to depart, it's not going to leave the person behind. He'll just pick him up without choice and take him along. Either he was ready to take the right seat or he gets put up maybe wherever and just taken along and falls into destruction. So this is that lesson that we have to now keep inculcating. This lesson of consciousness of Akhirah. That a person should be sitting daily and thinking about his own death. Making muraqaba of his moth, of his death. This is what is the barrier between a person and sin. There is really nothing else. There is nothing else that can stop a person from looking at haram. But that I could just die now. My life could go in front of this. Is this how I want to meet Allah Ta'ala? Nothing can stop a person from just discarding that salah. Imagine if a person knew for sure, he knew for sure it was guaranteed to him that you have 24 hours left. 24 hours time you're definitely gone. And in that 24 hours how many salah he'll miss? Forget missing any salah in the 24 hours, he'll be trying to make qaza of 24 years in the 24 hours. Because now any time now I got, every second is ticking. Now what is making him conscious now? 24 years Qaza is trying to cramp up in 24 hours because of death. Offer him whatever the leisures and comforts of dunya are. Forget the haram things. He is not even interested in the halal leisures and comforts. Haram is far away. Even that halal too now loses all taste for him. I got seconds ticking now. What are you t- t- telling me to do this and that? I got to now move on to the Akhirat. So if a person in that reality of death would not even have any taste left for even halal pleasures, if that consciousness of death really comes, where will he indulge in haram then? So this is that barrier. That any moment this death could come and then I am going to have to give an account of all this. How am I going to answer to Allah Ta'ala? So Allah Ta'ala is giving us this lesson in the surah, Hatta Zurtumul Maqabir. That now this insan is in this ghaflat and he is in this heedlessness and he feels life will carry on. Allah says, Kalla, never, this is not the case. Don't fall into this deception. Very soon you'll get to know of the reality. Life is a very, very short, very short phase in this whole existence of ours. From the time we came, we were created and in alam arwah and then a person came through the various phases into dunya and then eventually to akhirat. This is a very short phase. So, kalla sawfa ta'lamun. Then for emphasis, Allah Ta'ala says, thumma, thumma kalla sawfa ta'lamun. Again, never what you are thinking about, that this life will just carry on, do what you want, just enjoy life as you want, don't bother about anything, salah will carry on if you, get done, it gets done, doesn't get done, doesn't get done. Go where I want to, watch what I want to, eat what I want to. No, this is a big deception. So for ta'alamun, 
soon you'll get to know of the, de- of the reality of this. That what a deception this dunya was. Outwardly, it gives a lot of promises. I'm with you. I'll do this for you. I'll sort that out for you. Dunya is, so to say, speaking to us. You just keep me with, and ask me and I'll get everything sorted out. Suddenly a person is in a situation that dunya can do nothing for him. It's a big deception. And from time to time, insan also recognizes this deception. But, that too doesn't give us the lesson sometimes. One person was graduating. He had now become a doctor or something. He was graduating. So the father called up a very big function. Father was a very high-ranking officer in the government. So he called up that function. So obviously people of that class and that uh, society were all there. So now in this fact gathering, now all the various things of the function are taking place. Then eventually now one person is saying something, some speech and this and that and the other. Finally the father came and he gave his whole story. Then eventually he said, but today on this very, very happy occasion, I want to give my son a very special gift. But in order to give that gift to him, I'm going to call him now and present it to him now and ask him to even open the gift now. So in any case now, on such an occasion, all this arrangements made, so many people here, people of this high class. So what kind of gift the father is going to give now in front of this gathering? And he wants him to open it also in front of everybody. So in any case now, the son had to come now, the father called him. So he is the newly graduated person. So he came up and he is the main attraction of this whole event. So all eyes on him. So now the father presents that gift to him and tells him now that, well, open it. So now he starts opening it and it's wrapped so nicely and tightly also. So he's tearing this and tearing that and all the taping and whatever else to come to what is inside. After all this wrapping is opened out and that package is finally opened out. Now when he opens it out, from inside comes out one old toy, child's toy. Now he is totally shocked. Everybody is looking at son. He is wondering, my father making a mockery of me or what's going on here? And, but he can't say anything. He is right here in front of this huge gathering of people. Of, but everybody is now wondering what's going on. What's the father up to? So then the father finally, now after he let this sink in properly, said, look, I wanted to just keep this for this occasion to leave you with a lesson. See this toy, when you were whatever age, you asked for this toy. And at that time, we felt that this was not something we should give you. But then you insisted for it. And then you began insisting in such a way that it was as if your life and death depended on this. If you didn't get it, you're going to die. So when it came to such a situation that it became like as if your life and death depended on this, finally we gave it to you. So that was once upon a time when this toy was your life and without it was your death. Today that same toy is a mockery for you. Today that same toy is making you a fool in front of everybody. This is a deception of dunya. At once upon a time, it's like everything. But when a person's eyes close and when he will look down from the akhirat on what was left in dunya, it will all look like the dustbin. They say, this is what I fought over. This is what I severed family ties over. 
This is what I saw people for. This is what I use so much of vulgar languages for. This is what I spent my time in such a way that I discarded salah over salah for this. Is this is what I made my life all about? Now the deception will open out. That that which my life depended on, so to say. And I thought without this, I lost everything. Now when looking back, person feels, what a, what a fool I made of myself. Now this is that lesson that is being given, that a person should be creating this consciousness of Akhirat. When this consciousness of Akhirat comes, then he will have no regrets when he passes on. Then he will see that what he realized beforehand, what the reality of dunya is, yes, that was it was. Otherwise, Allah says, when you get on that side, you'll see the reality then. But if you didn't realize it beforehand, it's too late. Now is the time. ثُمَّ كَلَّا سَوْفَ تَعْلَمُونَ كَلَّا لَوْ تَعْلَمُونَ عِلْمَ الْيَقِينَ That you will come to know with complete certainty. لَتَرَوُنَّ الْجَحِيمُ ثُمَّ لَتَرَوُنَّهَا عَيْنَ الْيَقِينَ And every person will also see this Jahannam. Some will end up in it, some will get saved from it. Those who realize that this Jahannam is a reality, and they have to protect themselves from here, and they did what was necessary to protect themselves. They trampled that nafs. They trampled those temptations. They broke their hearts, but they didn't break the command of Allah. Ta'ala. They accepted that doesn't matter if my heart breaks, that right now this temptation is so strong, it seems if I don't give in to this temptation, my heart will break in a million pieces. So it doesn't matter if it breaks, it breaks for Allah. Ta'ala. If it breaks for Allah, ta'ala, it's well worth it. Allah Ta'ala will mend it with the with the miti, with the glue of his love. So it's fine if it breaks for Allah Ta'ala, but I won't break Allah Ta'ala's commandments. So that person who did that now in dunya, then he will get saved from that jahannam, which he will also see. He will see it from a distance. But Allah Ta'ala will protect him. But Allah forbid that whatever temptations came, as it came, the person just went headlong into it. Now it will be too late, unless Allah Ta'ala's special mercy comes on somebody. Allah Ta'ala is telling us from now prepare. From now prepare before that time comes. And then on that day, don't think whatever happened in dunya, that now this was all mine, I earned it, I can do as I wish with it. No, Allah Ta'ala is saying to us, that remember all this you are going to be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah. Every bounty of Allah Ta'ala will be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah. That sip of water, a person have to answer for. Every little thing that he thought was little, but he'll have to answer for. So this is that message that is being given to us in the surah, and Nabi Islam gave us such a great virtue, such a great virtue for the recitation of the surah, equivalent to reciting 1000 ayat. So that these ummatis of mine, they would not want to deprive themselves of such a great benefit, with such little effort. So now they will recite this every night. But in reciting it, they will take this lesson. That now, tomorrow how I am going to live my life. So today is gone. So let me make at least istighfar and tawbah. I don't know whether I will wake up tomorrow morning. And tomorrow how I am going to live my life. I am going to start my life with answering the call of the Muslim and presenting myself in the house of Allah Ta'ala and bowing my head in front of Allah Ta'ala out of shukr and gratitude for the life Allah Ta'ala still gave me more. Am I going to just be in heedlessness? That the day will pass. Am I going to eat the na'mat of Allah Ta'ala and use that energy in His obedience? Allah forbid then channel that energy towards haram. 
If a person doesn't get food to eat for two, three days, he won't be able to see also. His sight will go away. First, a person out of that starvation, he starts seeing very just hazy. Then the sight goes completely. So now what's keeping that sight? Allah Ta'ala's hukam, but what's keeping it? That food, Allah Ta'ala is blessing. Allah Ta'ala's ni'mat. Allah Ta'ala has blessed that ni'mat, the person ate it, digested it, that energy came, went to every part of the body, came to the eyes. Now he's using that eyes to look at haram. This is the gratitude for the ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala. It came to the tongue. Now he's using the tongue to talk all kinds of vulgarity, all kinds of evil talk, to abuse somebody. If that tongue, if the person didn't eat for a couple of days, one, two days, he'll start slurring. He won't be able to talk properly. His hand, he won't be able to lift a finger. Now that energy Allah Ta'ala gave him, he's using it to oppress somebody. So when this consciousness will come, and a person now that this is na'mat of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala bless me with this, I've eaten Allah Ta'ala's na'mat. I must now use this energy in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. I must use it in serving the deen of Allah Ta'ala. Then this will be the gratitude for this na'mat. And it will be the preparation of akhirat. Now the person, when the time comes, inshallah, when he is now leaving dunya, then he will be hearing that announcement, Ya ayyatuhan nafsul mutma'inna, irji'i ila rabbiki radiyatam mardiya, fadkhuli fi ibadi, wadkhuli jannati. This will be the announcement that he will get. So this is that fikri akhirat, which we, the surah is to be recited every night. This is a lesson to be revised every day. The surah, Nabi Islam gave us an encouragement to recite every night, this is a lesson to be revised every day. That this could very well be my last day of life. Let me now prepare for the everlasting life of Akhirat. May Allah wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we truly become conscious of Akhirat, become conscious of death. This is a remedy to all these problems and vices. One hadith of Abu Darda radiallahu ta'ala an, will just finish up on. He says the person who truly remembers death, he will be cleansed from pride and from jealousy. These are two major atom bombs that shatter the spirituality of a person, the ruhaniyat of a person. Pride was that first sin that was committed and made shaitan become mardud and accursed forever. Jealousy, the hadith Nabi Sallallahu says, burns up a person's good deeds, like fire burns up wood. Antidote, Nabi Abu Darda is explaining, it's the consciousness of death person who is now, if he knows I'm going to pass away in one day's time, what pride he's going to have? We all are going to go sooner or later. What he's going to be jealous over anybody else? We're all going now and later. So what is the point in having all these major, getting caught up in these diseases and destroying our akhirat? But this will come when this reality of this consciousness of akhirat comes. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala bless us with this. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Make zikr for a short while and then do it's reported in the Hadith Sharif that the person recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the fourteenth moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this refers to is that inshallah with the barkat of this daily recitation. Allah Ta'ala will give him the tawfiq of righteous deeds and save him from sins. This will become the means of this great honor on the day of Qiyamah. When reciting La ilaha, to bring to mind that 
one has taken out of his heart all the wrongs, the evils, the sins, the vices, the illicit things, everything that is a barrier between him and Allah Ta'ala, and he's thrown it out of his heart. And illallah, there is this nur settling in the heart, which is the love of Allah Ta'ala, beside the Ruj. La ilaha illallah Muhammadun Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi Wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama Tasliman kathiran kathira Ya Rabbi salli wa sallim daiman abada Ala habibika khayril khalqi kullihimi Jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu La ilaha illallah, 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 Muhammadun Rasulullah sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala alayhi wa sallam Dil mera ho jai ek meidane hu Tu hi tu ho, tu hi tu ho, tu hi tu Ghair se bilkul hi uth jai nazar Tu hi tu aai nazar dekhu jidar और मेरे तन में बजाए आबोगिल दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल हो दर्द दिल नफ्सों शैता दोनों ने मिलकर हाई किया है मुझको तबाह ए मेरे मौला मेरी मदद कर चाहता हूं मैं तेरी पनाह 
मुझसा खलक में कोई नहीं गो बद किरदार नामासिया तू भी मगर गफ्फार है या रब बख्श दे मेरे सारे गुना अब तो रहे बस तादम आखिर विरदे जुबाए मेरे Allah, 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 Allah,
ஹமதுல்லாஹிரபாலமீன் ரஹ்மதிக்ஹ்மதிக்ஹ்மதிக்ஹ்மதிக்ஹ்மதிக்ஹ்மதிக்ஹ்மதிக்ஹ்மதிக்ஹ்மதிக்ஹ்மதிக
save us from all this, Ya Allah. Ilahu alamin, fill your muhabbat in our hearts, Ya Allah. Fill your zikr and remembrance in our hearts, Ya Allah. Allah, fill the love of Rasulullah, in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahu alamin, fill our hearts with the love of the Quran Sharif, Ya Allah. With the love of Salah, Ya Allah. With the love of the Amal of Deen, Ya Allah. Allah, put the hatred of sin in our hearts, Ya Allah. Make us hate sin like we hate filth, Ya Allah. Ilahu alamin, keep us far away from every sin, Ya Allah. Ilahu alamin, Ya Allah. Allah, all those are sick, give them shifaya kamila, ajila, mustamira, daima. Allah, remove every taste of their ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahu alamin, Ya Allah. Give us cure from our spiritual ailments, Ya Allah. Give us cure from our physical ailments, Ya Allah. Ilahu alamin, Ya Allah. Allah, throughout the world, Ya Allah. Allah, wherever the Muslims are in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove it, Ya Allah. Ilahu alamin, those who are suffering financial difficulties, remove the afiyat, Ya Allah. Ilahu alamin, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who have passed away, make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Round them the high stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahu alamin, at the time of power, they take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on iman kamil Ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Allah, shaitan is keep making us procrastinate this tawbah, Ya Allah. Shaitan keep making us say tomorrow, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, this is the deception and the trap that is keeping us in, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, remove us from this trap, Ya Allah. Enable us to make sincere tawbah now, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, we are repenting for all the sins we have made, Ya Allah. Allah, we are begging your forgiveness, Ya Allah. Allah, you keep us steadfast on this tawbah, Ya Allah. And take us with tawbah and nasuh, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, make our covers gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, give us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah. Allah, give us the reality of Hayah, Ya Allah. Full Hayah in our hearts, Ya Allah. Allah, we've lost all shame, Ya Allah. We blatantly do all wrong right in front of everybody, Ya Allah. Allah, we've forgotten you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we look around sometimes behind our shoulders to see insan is not watching. Allah, but blatantly in front of you, Ya Allah, we break your commands, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, how shameless we have become, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive this, Ya Allah. Grant us the reality of shame and haya, Ya Allah. Enable us to adopt haya from you, Ya Allah. Enable us to adopt haya from insan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the sins of the eyes and ears, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the tongue, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the hands and feet, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts from every sin, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts from all the evils, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with all the good qualities, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all the work of deen taking place, accepted, Ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, the upcoming ishtima, accepted, Ya Allah. Make it a means of every khair, Ya Allah. Make it a means of deen spreading fire and wide, Ya Allah. Make it a means of the winds of hidayat blowing, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make it a means of people's lives changing for the better, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, all those who have raised their hands to this dua, Ilahul Alameen, you know each one's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Allahum inna nasaluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم